0: to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit Englishin10minutes.com.
1: Last time Wendy and I talked about the city of Salvador de Bahia in Brazil, and in particular we talked about the Afro-Brazilian culture of the city, and one of the aspects of this culture is a religion which is called Candomblé. Now of course in Brazil you think of it as being a very Catholic country, Mm -hmm. which is true uh, in general, but in Salvador in particular uh, Candomblé is this alternative religion, so what's it all about?
0: Yeah, and it's not completely disassociated with Catholicism either. There are people who practice candomblé and then will also go to Catholic mass and they see them as being you know interrelated and they don't see a conflict uh, between the two. In candomblé, you have lots of different spirits or uh, divine beings that are called orishas. Now, Orishas are not gods, and um, the guide who took us to see a, a Candomblé um, celebration or ceremony, he, he made this very clear that they actually only believe in one god, so it is a monotheistic religion of sorts, but then you have these many other spirits uh, that come below god, and they play a very key role in Candomblé.
1: Okay, so as you alluded to, we were lucky to go to a celebration of Candomblé, and this is something that I believe tourists do fairly regularly, but it didn't seem to be well advertised or set up in that way. I remember we went to the tourist office and asked if we could do it, and then they sent us to this um, Afro-Brazilian heritage office, Mm -hmm. and it was a very kind of old and run-down place place, we went up these rickety stairs and then there were monkeys that were jumping around in the wooden beams in the ceiling and there were just there was just this wooden desk and people didn't seem to be very well organized there and anyway we went in and said we'd like to go and see this ceremony if possible and eventually somebody came and helped us and said yes you can do this and and it seems like other people have asked them that but it it certainly didn't seem like something that everybody does
0: no Uh, no and uh so the the place it's called a tehué is the temple or the place of worship where you perform the candomblé ceremonies. The one that we went to, there were only two other tourists there that evening, and they were also there with a guide. But yeah, I got the impression that, you know, of all the tourists who were there in the city, and there were quite a few, I don't think very many of them had gone to see a candomblé ceremony. Which, you know, on the one hand, I'm I'm glad that it hasn't become too touristy, because I think it's important to, to keep the tra- traditions alive and authentic. And they did not allow any photography. So you couldn't take photos, you couldn't record any video. And I respect that and I understand why they want to do that. I, I think if there had been people, as much as I would love to have photos of that evening, because it was an incredible experience. And I would love to, you know, have some memories of that and be able to show people. But if we had been there photographing and filming, I think it really would have detracted from the experience, uh, certainly for the people who were participating in it.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And it also just kind of added to the mysterious nature of it. It seemed very secretive, Um, you know, in the colonial core of Salvador. There are many, many churches, but there aren't these places for Candomblé really in the centre, but overall in the city there are apparently more than a thousand of them, Mm -hmm. these temples, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're kind of in the suburbs and on the outskirts and there's a couple of them that I guess are famous and have signs, but other than that it seems to be almost an annex to a house Mm -hmm. or something like that that you can't just rock up to and find... On your own
0: no um,
1: and so it's something that you have to kind of organize and through a guide um, so that they can take you and they can explain things to you you know so that you know a little bit about what you're seeing and then that you can be respectful for of what you're seeing.
0: mm-hmm and our guide was actually someone who believes in candomblé and follows candomblé and is involved in the religion so I think that was important to to be able to have that um, kind of perspective from someone who was looking at it from the inside. Although he was not necessarily... Great at explaining it to outsiders. Um, I mean, this was all in Portuguese, and we speak Portuguese fairly well. But he was throwing around a lot of African terms and yeah, things that I'd never heard of before, and it was a little difficult to kind of make sense of it all. But I definitely learned a lot that I didn't know about Candomblé, and then just sitting there and watching the the watching it all happened that was amazing as well
1: right so the temple that we were in was just one room and it was let's say i don't know 25 30 square meters and there was this column in the middle and basically what we saw were people dancing in a circle around this column. Mm -hmm. And it started out with just four or five people.
0: Mm -hmm. And there was live music as well. There were people who were playing drums and other kinds of percussion instruments.
1: And some of the dancers, or most of them, were very well dressed. Most of them were wearing white. Mm -hmm. And they were wearing a lot of uh, garments that had lace and Mm -hmm. things like that. There was one random guy in jeans and a t-shirt for a (laughs) while. Um, But some of them were very nicely dressed. And at the beginning, there weren't that many of them. So they had quite a lot of room. And we were just watching along and it was very ritualistic
0: so and the white clothing let me point out is also important too and we were actually told that we should wear either white co- colored clothing or very light colored clothing and that we definitely should not wear black so that is an important aspect of the religion too but yeah you're right uh almost all of them were were dressed in white and just in very beautiful elaborate clothes
1: So at the beginning, everything seemed fairly normal. There were some things that didn't really make sense to us but were sort of part of the ritual of what they were doing. So, for example, some of the dancers would at a certain point get down on hands and knees and kind of bow towards the floor and get down very close to the floor and then they would get up and continue their dancing and then maybe do it again in a different spot in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they would touch the column in the middle And then just continue to move on there was one point and only we were there for i think two and a half hours or so there was one point only one point throughout the whole night that i saw where all of the dancers at the same time did the thing where they put one of their hands on their forehead and the other hand on the back of their head and they did that for i don't know 20 seconds and then they stopped and then they never did that again yeah um so i'm not sure you know what the significance is uh, is of these certain rituals but obviously it does have significance for them Mm mm-hmm and then more and more people started to join, and then it became uh, more and more unusual.
0: Yeah, so uh, the one of the girls in particular who had been dancing, she suddenly started uh, shaking and just uh, acting abnormally. And so our guide pointed to her and said, she's going to be... She's going to go into a trance now, is the way that he put it. Um, and what happened was that she was possessed by the spirit of an orisha. So it was her body, but the sp- it was not her anymore. It was the spirit, the orisha, who, was, who had control of her body. And um, so she was the first one to do this, and then gradually more and more of the dancers started to be uh, to go into trance and to also be possessed by different orishas. Um, so
1: right, because each of them has one orisha in particular.
0: Yeah, every. Um, every practitioner of Candomblé has their Orisha. Um, So, this was one of the things that got a little bit complicated when our guide was explaining it. I didn't quite understand. It seems that there are a few different options of spirits that a person could be possessed by, and there are other kinds of spirits in addition to Orishas, so you could be possessed by one of those, but I think generally, when you go into trance, the spirit that comes into your body is going to be the one that you know is your orisha. Uh, And they all have their... uh, Each orisha has his or her way of dressing and their own symbols and things that they hold. So at the end of the night... um, Because the people who, who went into trance, they would dance around the room for a while, and then eventually they would disappear behind a curtain. And so towards the end it was pretty quiet because they had all disappeared but then they all came back and they were all dressed as their orisha and they were holding um you know like a mirror or a machete a spear or different things that would uh you know were the symbols of that particular orisha that had possessed them
1: Right. And before they did that, when a lot of them were still in trance, one of them started to hug a lot of people because there are also other Brazilians there watching. Like, even they're practitioners of candomblé, but some dance and some don't dance. Mm-hmm. So, some of them were just sitting around the room. And this uh, one man started hugging people, but you could sort of see, I mean, in his eyes and everything, uh, that he was in this trance. And then mm-hmm. uh, eventually he got around to us and it was our turn. And so, we hugged him as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we participated in some sense in the in the whole ceremony. Um, yeah, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. At one point, the leader came out and started throwing popcorn at us. And our guide told us that popcorn has healing properties, curative properties in candomblé. So, yeah, it felt a, a bit like like i felt when i would walk into a temple a hindu temple in india where there are so many different rituals going on and i'm just like wow this is so foreign to me and i have no idea what any of this means and uh, that was a bit what it was like but it was um, a real privilege to be able to witness it thanks for listening to english in 10 minutes To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit englishin10minutes.com.